0: Lot Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the wisest counsel and most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson your hieronymous Bosch of business. And so allow me to give it to you straight, my friend. You hurl yourself in each workday. You find better ways to produce, attract more clients, distribute, even reshape the office. And when you fail, you rise up with a new solution. Why? Because you are a business person and you keep making more workable and better decisions. But then, my friend, you go home. And do you take that same resilient, ever-improving approach to yourself and the way you approach work? Well, if you're like most folks, you don't. You swirl a bourbon and wine. Oh, the culture of my company doesn't suit me. I'm miserable at work. Well, hey, says Jonas Altman, and I might add Bart Jackson. Hey, it's time to stop complaining and use that same business acumen toward the way uh, that's most important in your person in your life approaches work. Yes, you can choose and innovate a far better, far more human uh, approach to your work life that is going to bring you a richer fulfillment. And and by the sheer good graces of Fortuna, we have right here the coach who is making... (laughs) Business life more human, more built for you. The founder of the Shapers Network, author of the sweet, uncommonly sensible book, Shapers Reinvent the Way You Work and Change Your Future, Mr. Jonas Altman. And he is simply going to guide you this hour right into a more joyful and productive path. So whether you are a CEO, desperate to pass on your fire enthusiasm to the rest of your team, like Mel, or you just want to bootstrap your own spirits up at work, like Katie, pull up your chair and join us for this feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. Jonas, I'm so glad that you could make the virtual journey from lovely, lush, hikeable, surfable land of uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, and join us today. (laughs) Wow, what an intro! Uh,
1: yes, we made it happen, <laughs> Bart, and I'm uh, thrilled to be uh, joining you for what I'm hopeful is a um, uh, a daring conversation.
0: <laughs> well, it is indeed, and uh, we have you to bring some taste and intelligence to it. Uh, and so, uh, Jonas, you've written this uh, marvelously idea laden book which your subtitle explains as reinventing the way you work and change the future. All all right, that's fine. But you entitled it Shapers. So what or who is a shaper, and how does it help with my work life?
1: Sure. Well, a shaper traditionally is, I mean, in the uh, vernacular, is a surfboard shaper. Uh, Someone who crafts surfboards for a living. And I have a, a friend who makes surfboards, so he's actually mm-hmm. – he epitomizes the uh, three qualities that I think uh, in capture are or, 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 or essential to sort of live mm-hmm. what we would call a virtuous life or a joyful work life. Uh, and so The first is that work is a source of energy. You don't finish the mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. and you are not depleted – done and you turn on you know the netflix or whatever the device is to just dump, to numb yourself. So that's that's a good sign if you're energized by your work and I can tell that you are in that camp for sure. Right. Well, I, um, no, I like second, that comment. That is a good thing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The second one it's just run it through is something to do with expressing yourself and lately I've been thinking mm-hmm. about it as creative growth. So this podcast mm-hmm. or this radio show, a blog article, an Etsy store some uh making kombucha teaching yoga something that you get to go deep inside to your core and express who you are in movement or in song or in dance it doesn't necessarily have to be one of the uh, the the typical uh, artistic practices but a a way that you think you are growing uh continually and and often with some form of expression so that's this can be a problem. Two. I
0: know I, the way I've expressed myself is often illegal in 47 states, but, but okay. yeah, I, <laughs> I think for most people. Yeah, right, we'll, anyway. okay.
1: uh, well, we'll have to talk about that after the show. <laughs> i sorry. Um,
0: Go ahead. Say, yeah. Say and then the last one is kind of
1: the icing on the cake, and it sounds lofty, but it's, it's so true if you look at anything mm-hmm. from uh, history books through to uh, uh, renowned presidents and uh, people that we cherish. Mm-hmm. is doing something that is greater than yourself. And ah, okay. those three elements uh, those three uh, elements if they're present uh I I I I then now knight you uh into the Shaper Club.
0: Wow. That's uh well I must admit, it is a club uh who whose membership uh criteria are ones that everybody really is seeking for so i'm glad that you're that uh that it's a it's a club that we would be not only honored but but woefully happy to jump into uh and once you're uh once you're there as a member and this is sort of what we're talking about was uh that uh, now you're you're doing a course you're you're starting your course on this you're you're crafting it i think even as we speak uh toward uh be, be making herself eligible for membership as a shaper. Uh so could you tell us just uh, some of what are what are some of the shaper's advantages? I mean what uh what is, uh, sh- is she bringing to work that she might not otherwise un- and what is she leaving behind her that's, that's going to make uh, greater productivity and fulfillment?
1: Great great question. So the first thing to say is is there's no there's no elitist club here. I mean this is all Oh. um an aspirational thing of (laughs) if you uh, feel that I've just said three things that you are like check, check, and check – then um, you might call yourself um, a craftsperson, person. You might call yourself an entrepreneur. And you really go back to the theory of self-determination. Do you have enough autonomy in your working day? Do you have enough uh, challenge? And do you have enough relatedness to others and to yourself? And if you have those qualities, we find ourselves moving in the right direction towards being engaged, motivated, creative, productive, collaborative, and all the things that the workplace cherishes problem is most workplaces are not designed in the image of humans they're designed in the image of a machine so that's the change we've been seeing for the last 20 or 30 years Um, regarding the course so what what, what really was going on in my mind was uh, sort of I've called it a workologist or sort of an anthropologist that goes around and looks at people who've got this shimmer something about the twinkle in their eye something about the way they carry themselves leads me to say I want what you're having what 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 do you what what do you do and instead of doing a copy and paste and trying to emulate them you know people say how did you become successful richard branson he set set up 200 failed companies and then set up an, a trained company and a gym so there's there's a, obviously <laughs> two sides to a story so the course yeah, yeah. is is a is sort of a um, a peer led 18 people who are either already yeah. shapers and want to double down right. on retaining cultivating, reinventing themselves in these interesting deep times. Or aspirational shapers who are early on in their career or going through a a career transition or shift that are saying, okay, the niggle was too strong to ignore. It's time to set up the bed and breakfast. It's time to set up my consulting practice. It's time to go to a new company that's going to really value me. And that's going to launch on February 1st, and it's eight weeks, and I will send you off the link, but it's uh, shapers.life.com slash program is where it's going to be up uh, by then. And I can
0: find that the easiest way for me to grab hold of of keeping up uh, where I can do that is to do what? Go to your website?
1: Yeah, you go to the website, you can sign up for the newsletter, you can yell at me, and I can answer you from Canada. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm getting more active on Instagram because that's where all the kids are hanging out. I've just dated Mm -hmm. myself. I used to use Hipstamatic before Instagram. But I I find that uh, social media is social if you use it as such, or it could be a complete distraction and be a deterrent from getting uh, meaningful work done.
0: Uh, Social media, well, there's a great, great difference between uh, shameless bragging and posting on social media. Oh wait a minute! No, sure, it's not. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Anyway, Jonas, you are right though about social media. Uh, Jonas, I understand you, uh, you are a surfer yourself. It's a sport with which I feel a great kinship, since I am a lifelong white water paddler, and. Uh, and I just was, I want you to share with the folks uh, along this line how the undulations which carry your board and yourself and with which you blend your energies, how does that add exhilaration to your soul? Oh. Uh,
1: you know, you can go onto any website, watch any video, read any book, and it's very much similar to theory and practice. So you can talk about the timing of getting onto the right part of the wave, onto the shoulder of the wave, as it's breaking to the right or to the left. You can look at Mm -hmm. the swell and the wind and the current and the seabed floor. All of these elements come together, which often don't go, according to plan, into what would be the perfect wave for that moment. And in that moment, the agility, patience, uh, versatility that's required to get on that wave, ride it beautifully and not get, you know, basically wipe out or um, don't get on the wave starts to become more effortless. The more you're in tune with nature, the more you're in tune with uh, what is actually going on in your surroundings, which doesn't allow you to be reflecting into the past. It doesn't really permit you to be projecting into the future. You are 100% Zen-like in that moment. And you Ah, are stuck there because if you don't do that, you you bail (laughs) or or it catches the wave and you can't catch it. So that's what I find it is a very meditative practice. It's a very physical Mm -hmm. practice and I think when it comes to the soul, when you come out of the water, there's a a calmness that people might have after they've done a yoga class or run uh, a marathon where you just are are, are hungry and you are just wanting um, warmth and you maybe just want a good cup of coffee. Very simple things. So I find it a very good grounding
0: um, activity. I find that when I walk out of the water, I have a feeling, as as my wife's husband puts it, I have a feeling of well-being that religion is powerless to bestow and uh there is there is some I feel I feel the same way with whitewater it's jerkier the one thing that that the surfer has that uh that whitewater paddlers do now, the people who run rivers and kayaks and canoes um are uh, surfers have patience they wait. Mm. They're, they're like the good hunter that waits for the the it to come to him, whereas the whitewater paddler is is always seeking it out. And uh, I have the patience of a rhinoceros with a harpoon in his liver. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I admire your. Uh, this. But I suppose we should eventually get back to to uh, the, the whole reason you're no, here. No, stay here. Uh, no, uh, yeah, so, right. We yeah, yeah, can, can go wherever you want. Uh well actually uh one of the uh taking us back out of the present uh one of the more revealing parts of your book uh, was you, you and I'm so glad you did this. You, you had a short history of work chapter in which you sort of lay bare society's seductive dictates and attitudes, all all the things that the the establishment you talk about dating, uh, the establishment wants individuals to carry into their workplace. So, Jonas, what as you see it are some of the more of those counterproductive solicitations that they're trying to sell us, and we and we need to be wary of.
1: Yes. You know, it's funny, I had prepared the answer for this and as you ask it I'm gonna just roll with what comes to mind. So right. the first is the first is I think the myth of the job for life and the myth or the veil of security. It worked yeah, in the yeah, yeah. Mad in the Madman era, it worked when IBM was on its rise. It is very rare now to see Uh, You know, perhaps perhaps if you have a a, a very um, niche discipline, like an eye doctor, or you're a barrister and you work at a specific law firm and you spend 30, 40 years there, like my father did. But it's becoming all too rare when you think of um, the new generation of workers in in the knowledge economy. So the first
0: is nor do they want to forget about the idea
1: of of this. You know, get the job and okay, that was done. Um, So it's much more of a tour of duty, as people say. Um, right. And the other one, the other one I really like is is uh, a fellow who's a sociologist had talked about the unemployed self, or in many ways how we conform to what work or the job wants us to be, instead of saying, "Hey, I'm Bart. I like whitewater rafting. I like dogs. I know a lot about tea, but I happen to be a project manager." And in some ways, right, you would right. leave any part of yourself that wasn't uh, useful or that had currency or utility. At the, at, the, at the home, and you would bring your mm, professional self to work. How true, how true. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And so what we've yeah. seen with the last
1: eight months, nine months, is a shift where you see people's cats in the background, and you see that they're in their kitchen, and you see that their kid walks in, and you're starting to humanize that people don't want to necessarily leave all of their humanness at home and bring only their utility to the office. And that actually, when it comes to diversity of thought, and uh, creative intelligence that people actually want to, you know, flex a little bit of their uniqueness or their idiosyncrasies. Yeah. So I think that's a, the that's a second thing that's that's quite uh, beautiful. Um, and then the, the third thing would be like, well, why the hell are we actually looking for meaning and purpose and validation and joy from work? Because historically mm-hmm. work mm. was drudgerous and was often a, a one-way ticket or a first-class ticket to heaven you worked for salvation. No. We've lost, I mean generally, we've lost religion and the the, the largest uh, group religious group in America is non-believers, <laughs> like a- atheists or I I think
0: agnostic. we yeah, but with that we has has also uh, been thrown out the uh, very vital ba- baby of spirituality. When you look well yes. la- 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 we but go ahead. Yes.
1: Yes. And so, without the church and the synagogue and the mosque playing central role Roles, uh, people are now on the search for getting those types of qualities from uh, mm. work, which is kind of a, a yeah. newish thing, and it's, it yeah, can be dangerous yeah, because now you're like, okay, I want to earn money, but I also want to feel uh, joy, and uh, I think that's where this comes in as a sort of a caveat that we wouldn't be having this conversation about the book if we didn't have the luxurious position compared to say a hundred years ago. To saying, yeah. well, you know, I kind of, you know, I, maybe I don't want to just work at this, you know, software company, and I kind of want to, you know, check something else out. That that kind of is a right. a, a new yeah, this is, endeavor. This is new, right no,
0: no. historically, right yeah.
1: historically. So that, that's right. the, that's
0: the things that first come to mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you've just joined us, you're listening to The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time streams lavishly into your waiting ears across the mightily misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download this and all our episodes by visiting theartoftheceo.com. That's theartoftheceo.com. And, Jonas, you hit on one thing that uh, that uh, that is... is uh, a very sudden change for us has come with COVID. The old we are truly in the old Chinese curse may you live in interesting times. COVID has has really slammed so many business and so many people's jobs and so forth. But uh, I was intrigued by the, the response. You were saying that that now there there is this there, there's a there the COVID era is offering us a great opportunity. You talked about humanizing the workplace. What are uh, and I guess sir, you said there are new avenues to explore. Uh, can you give us a couple of examples of, of uh, what's, what's COVID, what uh, positive things COVID is offering us as individuals? Yeah, sure.
1: I mean, the, the first thing to say is there's a uh, devastating amount of people who are going to be long in, in long-term unemployment or underemployment who are not <laughs> yeah. necessarily going to get to be retrained. And this is hitting in ways uh, whether it's a small business or a company that just looked at reducing its costs, So oh, to acknowledge true. that is to say there's some stats that are saying we'll have more unemployed in a peacetime uh, than that ever, ever since than the Great Depression. So we're in a pretty yeah. dismal era. How, so, so that's Truly. the first thing to say. How, however, in every case, whether it's the Great Depression, World War II, uh, 9-11, the Great uh the, the great recession. There's another uh, side to the story of rebuilding, reinvention, uh, looking at what was wasteful, what was enough. Our consumption hedonic, hedonic treadmill that we're on to go to Costco and buy steaks and and scooters and and then work harder. <laughs> so what what's happened is we've exposed the cracks in the way that we have been living in the Western world, often in a, ah, a sense of, yeah. of well, uh, put. Perhaps, well put, perhaps waste perhaps uh, putting value on things that are not as valuable as family and health um, or friends. Um, mm-hmm. And then when it comes to work, there's this, I mean, at least what I'm seeing, is an existential invitation or an existential opening to say a couple things. Why am I here? What What is the thing that I should be spending my time, energy, and focus on? And um, even further, is what is the good life or what is the life that I choose to lead if I have the luxury given that there's really no proverbial office to go to anymore? And my work and yeah. life have become so uh, blended and so integrated that if I don't have healthy boundaries or I don't have discipline or self-management uh, and self-cultivation skills, you're going to be suffering. You're either going to be quietly suffering, or you're going to be struggling to to sort of re-engineer how you show up as a father, as a as a son, as a as a colleague, as a you know athlete. All, all those things are are sort of you know the gyms in Vancouver closed again, and and so everyone's like, okay, now you're seeing no, people right, running right. in the snow. I, you know, I was up in the mountains and I saw people running on the snow. I'm like, that person's going to hurt themselves.
0: <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah,
1: I was walking, right? <laughs> um, so so I think it's a, it's a I'm a a practical optimist, so I think what's going on is a a time for introspection, and a time for introspection Mm. and reflection is a time that we never gave ourselves because generally busyness was worn with a badge of honor.
0: That's oh, this is true it had become a moral imperative. I remember the so many people I would say uh well how you, how you doing uh, Diane and she said busy busy is it th- this sort of defensive? Yes, I really am working myself into a grave honest honest truly I've, i'm I'm, the, I'm with the program, and so i I'm really glad you brought that. We have been lured we have been the pandemic has thrown us into metaphysics that is hmm. to ask the existential questions of ourselves, and I think it's and I think it's doing it from whether we and uh, you can view it from uh, the fact that bicycle sales are up 300% in the US mm. uh and yes. uh, uh, or uh, you could and as you say or or the cat on the kitchen table
1: when you're having yes. a, uh,
0: a, a a zoom um, i uh, want to let's see there's so oh got so many things uh, i there's uh, you're doing, You're answering so much here that uh, you're giving us such <laughs> guidance that uh, let's. Uh, I, I sort of want to pull back. Uh, there's uh, uh, and, and look at for, from the, from the business point of view for just a second, and that is that every CEO, every employer, every project leader would just love to have a team who of people who are as enthusiastically engaged to ask these questions and say this is how I want to be here now. Who are shapers, in other words, laboring for your team? Uh, can you give us? Uh, just uh, and and you said something uh in your book and and it's it's a great term and uh you said leaders need to build the emotional path of least resistance uh and so could you give us an example or explain exactly what th- what that leader leaders should be building oh sure so
1: you know in many organizations failure is a no-no, or in many ways it's stigmatized. And yeah, right. mm-hmm. in organizations that want to be innovative or uh, on the cutting edge or disrupt disruptors, they need to find a way to um, create an, a psychologically safe environment where where people can experiment and try new things without harming the bottom line or themselves. And so a fellow named yeah. Astro Teller is the mm-hmm. sort of captain of Google X. And that quote, the right. path of least emotional resistance, is is really cooked in or baked in to Google X, which is trying to bring Internet mm-hmm. to sub-Sahara Africa, is trying to convert right. feces into fertilizer, You know, crazy stuff. That if you aren't willing to fail, you might as well knock it out of bed.
0: And so that's that a crazy thing.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Huh? This is saying to to bring that spirit. I was just
0: going to say there is there is no there is a a great line uh, that I heard someone say once, just uh, at 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 this company, or actually says, uh, or in life, there's no punishment for failure, and right, all business. The great thing about the business model, the reason we succeed is because we uh, we build model A, and we haven't got it. But we keep we build model B, C, D, E, and all of a sudden we get to model T and it succeeds. But models A through S were failures, and it's expected in business. And somehow I think this this recent pulling in of horns, this petrification, is something that that you're working very hard to explode. And thank God you are.
1: Well, thanks. And and, and I, I guess to, to, to sort of bookend that pun intended is that the (laughs) workplace is seen as um, much more – or has been seen as much more reliable, replicable – predictable. And so, so, so it's not really a classroom where you experiment, but it's much more of a place where assurance is the name of the game. That's why you see so much posturing and sort of chest beating of alpha type personalities of <laughs> presenting themselves in everyday life as I know what I'm doing and I know the answers. Mr. and Mrs. Know-it-all. And what we really want to shift to now in a world of uncertainty, which has always been you know, changing, is to Mr. and Mrs. Learn-it-all. How, how
0: ah, do we figure that history. out together?
1: What do we not know? What do we know? I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of Amazon, but I can say one of the things that's pretty amazing about, Am, uh, about Jeff Bezos is he's created an end-up that is now, say, 20 years old that's gonna, that is the largest organization on the planet because he yeah. adop, adopted that mindset. When Amazon Fire Phone uh, failed uh, with hundreds of millions, I think billions of dollars in R&D, he he converted that very seamlessly into Alexa. He's like, "What did we learn?" Right. We learned voice recognition, and that that type of uh, and that you know that there's two types of leadership. There's X type of leadership and Y type of leadership. Y gives much more autonomy and agency to the person, and X is much more domineering and control. Both are needed to to get shit done. pardon mm. my French to get stuff done. And uh, but right. what I'm seeing, what I'm hopeful and seeing more of, is that the why style of saying you're smart, you're creative, I'm here to support you, how can I help you do your best work means give me some slack to try some things uh-huh. out that are safe and are not going to necessarily harm our financial or creative or brand positioning. So Great. the answer there yeah. is treat every business or start to move businesses to become learning organizations where learning is a virtue and failure is part of that journey.
0: Right. Thank you. That's great. Jonas Altman will continue with uh, more wise workplace counsel right after you and I take a brief sorbet from today's Feast of Wisdom as (laughs) as we offer you a few utensils for today's feast. And first Uh, utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer... Of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask Will this be the day that you take a walk around your own personal warehouse and discover at least one uniquely you asset and bring that that uh, you're going to bring into your life and work? Or will you continue to see yourself as a list of skills defined by labels made up by others? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. As a second utensil, I can sense you yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from uh, our source book of business humor in the words of my wife's husband. And so I'm thumbing through it here with great alacrity. Hold on, hold on. Oh, here's one, here's one. This is good. Uh, Yes, the person whose efforts continually please his boss or patron will indeed wear an Armani suit, and the person who labors to please himself will invariably wear a smile. But nobody says you can't please both. Uh, what do you think, Jonas? Is, uh, must self-fulfillment be uh, 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 and, and company enrichment be forever at odds, or can we make them both one?
1: Uh, you know, I, 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 I have a picture in my mind of—I um, think it's called—it's um, not America History X, but it's—it's—it's it's, it's a movie with a fellow who's got. The first mobile phone. Who's a stockbroker in Wall Street, and it's the sort of Gordon Gecko, right? It's it's greed is good. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Right, and right. So,
1: right. I think I've become much more, uh, maybe just getting older or starting to realize that I've got uh, inherent biases that I would I would go for wear the smile and, and screw the Armani suit. Yeah. But more right, and more, right. uh-huh. I, I think back to that last point around the different styles of leadership if you're if you're in a company and you have seniority or you have some some wild extra uh insight or domain expertise then mm-hmm. the Armani suit is really your earned uh status and and that yeah. you have what it takes to, to to lead and to to sail to sort of sail the ship so if we use an mm-hmm. analogy say say you know I'm I'm not a huge sailor but I have been sailing It's a team sport, but there is someone that needs to be uh, leading. And so if the Armani suit is in many ways not necessarily the sizzle, but it's the sizzle with the stake underneath, there's actually a soul there, not a soulless person, then you can wear the smile and wear the Armani suit for sure. And I actually have a few people in my mind who do do that. The problem
0: is I think that's rare. Yeah, sadly. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, if you smirked a bit over that quip, uh, we've got them literally by the books' full. Just visit BartsBooks.com and pick up your copy of the 101 or the 102 Best Business Quips or In the Words of My wise husband. Anyway, any of them, and you can laughingly startle all your Zoom mates out of their lethargy online and get them back to <laughs> take an interest in your wise words. Why not? What the heck? As a third utensil, we sumptuously spooned you the answer to last week's uh, – business uh, quotation and that is the name of the individual who said let your words be a little wild they ought to be for they are the assault of thought on the unthinking those words were spoken by none other than the uh, revolutionary British economist John Maynard Keynes. And stick with us because later on, oh, congratulations to all your winners, and there were some. Uh, stick with us because later on in the show, blurting your way comes another enriching quotations. And if you're among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down. as you believe him or her to be? And email it right off to info i n f o at bartsbooks dot com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a soul igniting. Gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And the insightful sage, Mr. Jonas Altman, will continue uplifting our uh, personal workplace approach right after uh, I introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today, and that firm is Prometheus Publishing who invites you to take a look at its upcoming offerings, and that's what we've quoted before this book, In the Words of My Wife's Husband. And here it is, my friend. Really what it is is your complete source book of business humor. It's your chance to dip in, seize a fistful of rye pass it on to your fellow dream chasers at work, Um uh, Use it to per- perk up that droll speech that you had, and just remember that the wing, the greatest wisdom flies in on the wings of laughter. So you and you're going to. F- so if you want to savor a few lines like, our firm's not worried about cybersecurity. The last hacker who broke into our account sent a sympathy card, or. My boss is an astonishing multitasker. He just finished booking his entire vacation while giving me my annual performance review. Anyway, uh, you're going to love this. It makes an ideal Christmas gift to show your appreciation for staff or clients. Uh, We can arrange uh, mailings for that if you'd like that. Uh, Anyway, long story short. Short. Just visit bartsbooks.com. That's b-a-r-t-s-b-o-o-k-s.com to pick up the copies that you will need. Now, Carpe Diem, my friend, you're worth it with utensils in hand. Let's return to the practical wisdom of Jonas Altman. Jonas, um, uh, my goodness, we're moving along here. I want to make, want to get everything in. Jonas, um, your, uh, you, you'd ask. Uh, we, we asked a little bit about uh, you. Uh, what people are expecting from work, and you have told us what they, how they are still expecting from work. What do you, what do you think that people can expect from work that perhaps they aren't asking for? Hmm. Or are they asking for more than they should? Are we expecting more validation and so forth than we should? I don't know. Well, there's there's a, a, a huge amount of literature in the last
1: several years, mostly the New York Times and uh, yeah, yeah, sort of liberal papers liberal. talking about the gig economy, uh, passionate mm-hmm. job quitters, and an entitled generation, and they're referring to people <laughs> born sort of after 1980. Uh, right, and right. I, I, I've talked to a lot of people in that uh, age group, and I have a lot of friends in that age group, and one thing that you have to sort of acknowledge is – their world view and their orientation to how work gets done and how they live their life is shaped by technology and a digital network everything is connected oh, true. True, true, you. true. so yeah. i didn't grow up yeah. with a mobile phone in my pocket at school i didn't have the ability to post my ham sandwich or whatever you know my soccer <laughs> practice so right. so we have we have this uh, and you alluded to it before is like well you're going to work do you actually need to tell other people that you're currently you know doing a keynote presentation and update your social media feeds like is that important well perhaps it is if you're actually working in branding yeah. and it's going to create more um brand awareness or potentially more revenue but we we get we conflate being productive with with actually wasting time or or getting distracted
0: oh i i think so, that's very true that's very true yes. And to, to save us a little time, I'm going to cut you off there because there's a couple of things that I did want to get to in your, your book, uh, Shapers: Reinvent the Way You uh, Work and Change the Future. You you uh, talk about people how how they can find a more fulfilling work, and actually, my own book, CEO of Yourself: Getting Down to the Business of Your More Rewarding Life, holds a lot of overlap with that uh, with the same idea. And so, I was thought it might be fun if you and I, if if we looked at a couple of real work situations, individuals in real work situations and um you could give them one or two tactics about how they might discover some engagement and fulfillment and uh within their work life and if I have anything to add maybe I'll stick in my two cents and uh you can give me your approval or, or say or or tell, or uh or turn thumbs down on it. It's okay does that sound like fun sounds
1: okay. like a great time
0: this is one uh we we talked about this is uh this uh, this guy's called Lost in the Shuffle, and uh, we talked about Amazon. Uh, suppose Joe Joe is one of Amazon's 1.2 million employees, uh, and he's been there for the last five years. He's working in distribution. He's gained reasonable promotions and responsibility, but he feels like he's just in some huge, never noticed treadmill, and he, he's just not moving the needle. He's just not making a difference. So Jonas, where's Joe going to find engagement?
1: Yeah, well, there's a couple answers to that. The first is that this is a very common problem, and why there's such high disengagement in the professional working world is no one is seeing the progress and the impact that they're making in organizations at scale. Yeah, yeah right. So that's that's just acknowledging that it's hard for Joe. Is it Joe? Is that our guy? Joe. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's hard for Joe to see any um, impact that he's making on his day to day. So. One question could be, is he at the right company? Is that, how important is that to him? Assuming that everything else is hunky-dory and he, he potentially has an opportunity to reframe, there's two things that come to mind. Well, it's called job crafting. And job crafting okay. is uh, uh, Harvard Business um, School. Amy Edmondson and Jane Dutton and a few others have done a lot of research around your tasks. What are you actually working on? Your relationships, who do you work with, and your inner mind and your inner state. What what is your perception of yourself in your work? So right. sometimes right. shitty bosses are the destroyers of meaningfulness, and it's very hard to feel engaged. So assuming Joe's boss is not a deterrent, and simply the scale, he's really got yeah, the yeah. tasks and his inner inner world to uh, look at. Now, task is a funny one because he's probably got about 70 to 80% of his job that he has to do. Let's say he's a software engineer. So he can get mm-hmm. his 30-, 40-, 50-hour work week done coding and doing his software engineering work. But there's opportunity, as Peter Drucker, Peter Drucker would say, to have a parallel career, to be volunteering, mm-hmm. to be showing initiative, and to start doing what is also called role design and allowing mm-hmm. the people in his company to know that, Although he is a software engineer, actually what lights him up is HR, and he wants to be hiring and bringing in uh, technology experts. So he basically wants to become a technology lead. So this is much more of the journey of Joe to get to a place where Amazon is a great home for him, but he's going to have to slog it out for a bit in the sort of trenches to not see the meaning, the the impact that he's making. And then that shifts his worldview because he knows that he's – getting small wins and small gains for a greater outcome,
0: which is fulfillment and satisfaction and validation in his work. That is great. That is great. I'll give you my two cents, and here's what I would say. uh, uh, I picked this up from somebody who uh, went from 18 years to cutting the lawns to being CEO of a major uh, utility. Right. I said what I what I'd like Joe to do is I want him to get a notebook and a pen and I want him to go around to I want him to look and see everybody within the company that his work affects that his in other words he's part of this chain okay he's part of a chain who but what do you do that and who does and whom are you affecting and how and then you go to you go to each one of these persons you take your notebook and your pen and you say how can I do this. What? Here's what I'm doing. How can I make it work a little better for you? It'll. Get, if it'll probably lead you to a promotion before it leads you to fulfillment, but fulfillment will get there. And and you do that. You and you start taking these things. And of course, then you you uh, make real on your promises, and you start expanding that network. They see what you're doing. They see that Joe is somebody who is who has a greater vision of the chain, and you and by by that helping of others, you will take a greater, vaster. You, you will find you will find much more importance in what you're doing, Joel. That mm. that would be my I like two cents. That. I like that. Mm. Okay. Here's another one. Here's one. This is one. Uh, we I've I got. We, we got a batch of these. That we only have limited time. Here's one called the focuser,
1: uh,
0: and uh, this is an individual I, I know. As, as is Joe. This is real individuals. He says, but he would say. Let's get real here, Jonas. It doesn't matter if I'm engaged, enthusiastic, fulfilled, or if my work uh or if I view my work as some unequal art form, I come to my desk to boost the bottom line, to make money. That's what they want of me, that's what I wanted. PS I just got the second largest bonus in my investment firm. Not bad for our rookie. So frankly, Mr. Altman, what have you got to give me? <laughs> I really like this one. <laughs> and, you know it comes back
1: I think it comes back to your uh uh, Armani suit uh, comment. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, if yeah. if if your goal and if your drive is coming from external forces, then right. the title on your business card, the salary you get, the office that you hold—physical office as opposed to Zoom virtual office—becomes yeah. uh-huh. tantamount. And and there's nothing right. you can do about that. That's that's what you that's what you value. So. Mm-hmm. You know, go for it. Like that's that's great. Studies show that often what happens is you attain those things, and then there is a niggle or an emptiness because what what we really want is internal drive driving us from within. So being mm-hmm. Bart's best, being Jonas's best surfer, not better than 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 Laird Hamilton, some big wave surfer, but the, the best surfer I can be. So what we're looking at no, no. in this case is hopefully both internal drive of what's important to you, what matters most, how do you ah. want to show up in the world, and external no. validation in terms of pay, performance reviews, high fives, and oh, so sure. forth. But mm-hmm, but when you only mm-hmm. are focused on external, my belief is you run in, yeah. you usually run into problems. Um, and you find this with, with men often in, in sort of middle, yeah. mid-to-quarter life crises where they got everything that they yeah. kind of – grinded for and then there's a little bit of like wait a second and there's the existential sort of itch. So I would say be open and honest about where your uh drives are coming from and if they're coming internally that's great. If they're coming only externally it's a time for sort of maybe reflection.
0: Yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, that. I, I that's true. I, I love the external internal. You have sort internal, external, it's it's great. In my own feeling I think what I would uh Tell our focuser is that all right? You're taking great pride in in numbers on a chart. I mean, your and your ability to purchase a larger house than your gardeners, uh, and and if if that's enough for you, uh, that's fine. But I think you're you you're earning more that you're not seeing. And I mean, money, so so you're, you're you're pulling down money, and that's good. Money is a great tool. But but uh, my focuser, it's more than the bottom line. What is your bottom line doing? Have you called those people with whom uh, whose private equity firms you're having people invest in and seeing what they're doing? Have you seen the real value of the money you're making, the money you're making for other people, for for your investors, the money that you're infusing into these companies? You take some real pride in what you're building, yeah the money's fine, but see what more you're doing and then start talking to those people and then let your values uh sit back and swirl scotch and find your and redo your values. Mm. That'd be my thought. Love it. Love it. Uh, so we have we have,
1: uh, we have different approaches, but I think
0: trying to get to the similar uh
1: yeah, I think we're sort or of
0: running 50%. on the on the same thing. Oh gosh, I, I'd love to go for many more, but uh, I I just want to I I really just want to make sure that people are able to hear uh, hear this, Jonas. Uh, as I say, you're shy, you're setting up the shapers courses and uh, and the, and you can, you help both organizations and individuals. And uh, again, uh, so tell us first of all where they can get a copy of the book. And again one more uh, once more, how they can uh, find, find out about social fabric. you are the uh, founder of social fabric. How they can find out about social fabric and, and, and get the courses.
1: Sure. Um, and thanks for the opportunity again to, to, to plug it. So the book is available anywhere, uh, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, Amazon if that's your bag. Um, it's also mm-hmm. on audiobook, ebook. Um, and it's going to be in Chinese next year. So, uh, oh,
0: wonderful. Like wonderful. Mandarin or right. So, so
1: that uh, that's wipe where it down for
0: you, you. read it. Yeah, yeah right. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, and if you want to
1: read a free chapter um or actually some other articles about the book, you can go to shapers.life. So there's there's no .com, it's shapers.life. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. and then regarding uh-huh. social fabric, that's sort of um a way to take the same things we've been talking about, and try to bring it into teams and to organizations, so that the shaper ideology is institutionalized, and it acknowledges that people are different, that they're unique, that cognitive diversity is a superpower, that diversity itself is a superpower, and mm, back mm. to learning as a as a uh, as a uh, or vulnerability and learning as a as a strength, not a weakness. That's yeah. um, that's where I do that work with a bunch of other facilitators and coaches, and that's called Wonderful. socialfabric.com, which is now in its right. 15th year. Um, and Wonderful. a lot of the learning that's there. Right. You that, started
0: 2005. Congratulations, yeah.
1: by the way. Congratulations. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of the uh, – well, probably the biggest um, epiphany there or, or wake up for me has been – it's really uh, captured in a cartoon of who wants to lead change and everyone – everyone puts up their arm. Uh, these, are, these are speaking to sort of CEOs yeah, and, right. and, and, and middle managers. Yeah, right. And then you say, okay, and who wants to change themselves? And everyone puts <laughs> their hands down. And so that's the intersection I'm uh, finding myself in, which is you're going under the guise as a trainer, facilitator, but really, in many ways, you're a business psychologist, sometimes therapist, and often coach. And whether you want to well, label it that or not, that's what I'm finding has the most impact, is is actually at an uh, individual level, changing the personal operating system. So at the systems level, the organizational operating system is more resilient, more adaptive, more versatile. So that's where they can head and to there. It is
0: someone, right, that's what you got. And ladies and gentlemen, this is someone who has a diverse way of giving you help. It's like, uh, don't if you've got an illness, you don't go to just a pharmacist. Uh, right. Well, you... You just uh, said what unless I was you play say, for the Rolling Stones, is, is, you, you, you is go for. Indian. He's one of the the giants, whose on whose shoulders you may stand. And Jonas, I thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, I really look forward to having you back on sometime and and learning more. Oh, about yes. and And so after you get the courses going, we'll have to have you back on. All righty, Bart. It's been a absolute pleasure. Oh, this has been a, it's been a joy for me. Uh, So as we round out today's Feast of Wisdom, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation, Uh, and that who was it who said, if it comes to a decision... Between having a government without newspapers and newspapers without a government, I would find myself fully in favor of the latter. (laughs) As a hint, this author of the Declaration of Independence believed that an informed people were capable of governing themselves, unlike his contemporary Alexander Hamilton, who believed that only bankers were fit to govern. So... Uh, remember, if you know the author of this quote, uh, just write the author's name down as you believe him or her to be and send it right off to info at to win uh, a career-changing gift from the Dungeons of Barts Books bookstore. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband... <coughs> Uh, I understand Zoom has just developed its new meeting motivator feature. It automatically mutes anyone who disagrees with the CEO. And Jonas Altman says it really trumps the old way of uh, having to gather a consensus based on others' opinions. (laughs) Well, at any rate, and to you gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed Mm -hmm. The Art of the CEO as much as Jonas and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download this on all our shows by visiting theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you, who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you.